Welcome back to the Daily Competitive Hedge Podcast. I'm your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and this show is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about a few results from yesterday's games and headlines, as well as getting into today's slate, talking about what games are on, which bets we like, and then we cap it off with our favorite three plays of the day. Now, we're going to rapid fire through these today, so we want to make sure that we get this out before the EPL games kick off. But our sponsor for today is Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. They have a mobile app. They have a variety of sports on the website. Depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. They have both English and French on the website, and customer service is 24-7 on their live chat. So go to bet99.com to make an account to get started. Please gamble responsibly, and you must be 19-plus years of age. So when we're talking about yesterday, it's getting borderline impressive how ice-cold we are to start this month. Uh, We had Crystal Palace and Arsenal. We're on both teams to score. Two to nothing was the final. We also tweeted out how we liked over two and a half. So it was just ice cold start to EPL. Chicago and Texas did not get close to the over seven and a half. And the Mets lose outright to Atlanta. We see Walker get lit up early, which had not happened all season. So it just goes to show how in tough we are to start off the year. But a lot of MLB yesterday, a lot of uh, a lot of close games yesterday. Two to one for the Cubs, one to nothing for the Orioles. We had uh, we had six to five for the Twins. We had four to three for the Cardinals over the Yankees. We had four to three for the Angels over the Mariners, and we had six to five for the Diamondbacks over the Rockies. Now, as far as other sports go, yesterday we did see that Calgary won seventeen to three. This was a play that we had on the show yesterday. Obviously, didn't select it. But Calgary minus five and a half, you would have cashed that one yesterday. It's tight at the Wyndham Championship with Kim, Moore, and Wu, who are all at minus nine. And then a handful of guys just a shot or two behind, including Russell Henley, our lone bright point from our Wyndham Championship preview. Then we had the Dreams beat the Sparks 88 to 86. And then the Sky beat the Mystics 93 to 83. We were on the over 159 for that Sky and Mystics game once again. Didn't have it in our official card, but it was talked about on the show yesterday. Uh, as we mentioned, Arsenal won 2 to nothing over Palace. The frustrating part about this one is that this game easily could have been 3-2, 4-2 type finish because guys just missed a lot of good chances. But nonetheless, we don't cash on that play yesterday. Now, let's look at today's betting slate. Uh, as we said, the Wyndham Championship, we need Henley really to pull through here. Scott's kind of in the mix. Keith Mitchell's still quite a few shots back, but he's in the mix. We saw Kisner withdrew. Zalatoris got back into it yesterday. He's one of our winner plays, but that's where we're at from that perspective. Now, when we're talking about EPL today, this is a very good slate of games. Uh, We're already seeing it early on today. Um, As we record right now, Fulham and Liverpool were in an absolute shootout to open up the season which is great to see a relegation side really give uh, Liverpool a challenge. And they did today. So shout out to Fulham, the team coming up. They get the draw two to two. Now, Aston Villa, they're on the road against Bournemouth. We're on Aston Villa at plus 100. 
Bournemouth. I'm not high on this team. I think they're going to finish bottom of the league this year. I think they're the worst promoted team coming up. And I think that Villa give them a shock uh, today by beating them at home. Then Leeds and Wolverhampton. Leeds are plus 145 and Wolves are plus 200. I like the both teams to score here at minus 128. All over that play. Newcastle, they are minus 155 at home against Nottingham Forest. I like Newcastle to win this game at minus 155, but we're staying away from it. Tottenham are minus 267 versus Southampton at home. We are all over Tottenham minus one and a half today. That is one of our favorite plays uh, at plus 100 there. So rolling with Tottenham. We're actually going to be putting in a parlay today of those three plays. Aston Villa money line, Tottenham minus one and a half, and Leeds and Wolves, both teams to score. That's plus 632 and is the official competitive hedge lay play of the day. So definitely jump all over that one. And then rest of the EPL games that we have on today, Chelsea and Everton are going at it today. A great game between two clubs that have been up for a long time in the EPL. Everton are plus 550 at home and Chelsea are minus 172 on the road. Staying away from that one, want to see how Chelsea look early on. Could see an upset potentially there, uh, given that they don't have a lot of scoring on that Chelsea side. Now, when we're talking about MLB, once again, another loaded slate there. Tons of games. We're all over Mets to win both games of their doubleheader today. Those are the last two official plays for the early hedge plays. That's minus 125 for the Mets in the first game. And then in the second game, they are minus 135 with Scherzer going against Freed. First one has Peterson against Odorizzi. Uh, We've got Cubs-Marlins again, Smiley versus Lopez. we got Mariners-Kirby versus Berea. Those are some of the early ones in the day. Later on, obviously all over Giants uh, with Rodon on the mound. They're minus 210, so we're going to take the run line there. But we're also going to take the over 7.5. I think the Giants could clear that on their own. And then Boston minus 140 versus the Royals. We're all over Boston today with Evaldi going. Uh, really like that play. Now, there's plenty of other baseball plays, but we've been ice cold on the baseball front. So we're staying away outside of those games that we mentioned. Uh, CFL, you got a doubleheader today with Argos and Tiger Cats. And then you've got the BC Lions taking on the Edmonton Elks. We're staying away from uh, the first game there. Toronto's minus two and a half at home. I like to think that Hamilton can beat them and their money line's plus 110. But I am a bit concerned with this Argos team. They're very hot and cold. And then BC's minus 11 and a half against the Elks, but the Elks are so bad, it's tough to even take their points there. Don't love a double-digit spread, but also don't love this Elks team. So staying away from those plays on the CFL front. And that pretty much caps up everything that we're looking at today. You have a couple WNBA games in there if you want to watch those with the Wings and Fever and then the Mercury and Liberty. But once again, we're going to stay away from those. And MMA, we're not big into this uh, UFC fight night tonight. Uh, definitely go check out Say It Out Loud Sports over at Off The Ball Network. I'm sure he'll have a couple UFC plays for you later on today. But those are our bets that we like. Uh, obviously, go to Bet99 to make all of your bets. And with that, we're going to head over now and talk about our NFL team preview. Now, today is August 6th, um, which means that we have another team preview that being the Chicago Bears today and the Bears they had a tough 2021 
uh, six and 11 last year, which was worse than their eight and eight finished the year prior. And they went into the year with, with quite a bit of hope. Uh, they had Andy Dalton and Nick Foles on the roster, but they also had the rookie that they drafted, Justin Fields. And so Chicago started the year three and two, but Fields struggled his rookie year under Matt Nagy. And now Nagy was obviously dismissed. A lot of people felt like Nagy was setting Fields up for failure. And I think we're going to touch on it in a little bit here, but I don't think they're setting him up for success in year two either. But Chicago gets a fresh start heading into this year. Off-season-wise, the Bears did not have a first-round pick, but they did try and beef up their defense with their second-round picks. They took cornerback Kyler Gordon from Washington and then safety Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. So they are trying to get that defense better, and they have to given they also this off-season traded away Khalil Mack to the Chargers, and then they also traded away Anthony Miller. So not a lot of options here when you're talking about the Bears this year. We'll talk about them from a fantasy perspective in a little bit. But the main headline that you have to think going into this year is how is Justin Fields going to grow in year two? Now they have the new head coach, Matt Eberfluss, from the Indianapolis Colts. He was their defensive coordinator, but this is not a great offense. Nikhil Harry, he got brought in to replace Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson was probably the biggest disappointment in all of fantasy football last year. But there's not a lot here for Justin Fields to work with. He does have David Montgomery in the backfield. Cole Kmet is a pretty solid tight end, and he does have Darnell Mooney. But when we're talking about from a weapons perspective, this is probably a bottom five team in the league when it comes to talking about weapons. So how is Justin Fields going to look? I think he's going to struggle this year, and I don't think it's necessarily his fault. I think that if Chicago truly cared about seeing this kid succeed, they would have went out. This was a, a very busy wide receiver summer. Um, and unfortunately, they just didn't address that and try and help him out. And I get it. They're not trying to win right now. They're trying to rebuild. But it doesn't appear that they are going to help out their young starter in his second year. Now, does this mean that I think Chicago even has a sniff of making the playoffs? No, it doesn't. Um, as I said, second year quarterback, limited weapons. You have the new head coach who is more defensive minded. So hopefully the Bears defense can keep them in a few games here. Um, but there's zero reasons for me to believe this is an option for them. Uh, I don't like them to finish this very well. Um, we talked about it yesterday with the Carolina Panthers and how we thought, oh, this is a team that could potentially, you know, make the playoffs as a long shot. And Chicago somehow has better odds than Carolina. They're plus 390 to make the playoffs. And I just don't see it. And I know that people are going to point to that they have the fourth easiest schedule, but you have to actually have some weapons, a good team, a good defense in order to compete. And it doesn't appear like Chicago has any of those things. Now we're talking about their over under win total at six and a half. The under is minus 152 and the over is plus 124. I think a lot of people are going to jump on that over because when you look at some of their games that they're going to have, people might see a lot of potential there, but I just don't see it with this group. Now let's talk about that schedule. You have Detroit and Minnesota twice, and you got Green Bay twice. Those are all your division games. I don't think Detroit is great, but they are improved, so I could see a split there. I think they'll be fortunate to get one off of Minnesota, but it is division, so I think it is possible. 
even with Green Bay, they, they might have worse weapons, but they have Aaron Rodgers, so I think they're going to sweep them there. So we're looking at potentially two and four, very best three and three for Chicago in the division. Now, they open with San Francisco. I would put that one as a loss, but they do have Trey Lance in, so maybe he struggles in having his first start as the starter moving forward. Then you have Houston, you've got the Giants. Well, you've got the entire NFC East, so there is some potential there with the Giants, with Washington, potentially even Philadelphia. So there's a few games in there. You do get also some teams from the AFC East. You get New England, you get Miami, the Jets, and Buffalo. So potentially the Jets. And then you're also looking at in there the Atlanta Falcons. But I think they could win a couple of these games. But this still only takes them to five wins, I think, at best. And so I'm on the under here at the minus 152. Clearly, Vegas wants you to take the under at the minus 152. But I just don't see it from this Chicago group. And I also like the potential for them to finish fourth at minus 117. That's another future bet you can make. If you have faith that they can beat out the Lions at plus 210 is them to finish third. But For me, this is a five-win group. I think Detroit's going to win maybe six or seven. And so I would tend to lean that they're going to finish fourth at minus 117. Now, let's talk fantasy value for this team. Justin Fields, quarterback 18. He's got an ADP of 139, so you can get him in your 11th or 12th round. He's behind Deshaun Watson, where who knows how long he's going to be out whether he's even going to necessarily play for this team this year. But he is ahead of Trevor Lawrence, and Lawrence didn't have a great rookie year either, but his team actually won out. They signed Christian Kirk to his four-year $72 million deal, and he's got a couple of good running backs there and some other veteran wide receivers. So I think Lawrence is in a better spot to succeed. If I'm talking fantasy-wise, I would definitely take Lawrence over Fields this year. Once again, not due to Fields' fault. I think that when you don't have weapons, it's very tough to look good in the NFL. And so I think he's the least likely quarterback to take a second-year step. It's not his fault. The Bears are setting him up for failure. I'll continue to beat that drum all year. And if people really try to go after Fields this year for not improving, then you have to look at the GM as well and the things that he did this summer. Now, at the running back position, David Montgomery, I think, is the definition of a safe pick in fantasy. He's got an ADP of 36, which means you're getting him tail end of the third round, early fourth round if you're lucky. He's running back 18. Now, last year, he finished his running back 19 in both standard and PPR. But let's not forget that he missed four games in the middle of the year last year. So outside of missing those four games, we're talking about him being a top 15 running back. But injuries start to pile up pretty quickly if when it comes to running backs and when we look at where you can get him he's ahead of Brees Hall he's ahead of Travis Etienne and Antonio Gibson but he is behind some better running backs as well so I think if talking about the four guys that you have there you've got Demont, you've got Hall you've got Etienne you've got Gibson I think if you're looking for the safest guy out of all four of those you go with David Montgomery because you know that Chicago uses him you know that he gets the bulk of the carries, he might see a little bit less this year because Khalil Herbert might start to take some production away from him. But if you're looking for a guy that safely is in his spot, 
I think David Montgomery is that guy. And so I would roll with him if you're looking for the safe pick. Now, if you want to, you could even look at Khalil Herbert late in that draft. We talked about the fact that David Montgomery missed time last year. So if you're looking for a good backup that's still going to see some carries, and who knows, maybe potentially takes over if Montgomery gets hurt. He's got an ADP of 170. So late in drafts, you can get a guy like Khalil Herbert, stash him on your bench, hope for the best. Obviously, you never hope for a player injury, but you hope that he plays a bigger role in this offense. Now, wide receiver-wise, Darnell Mooney is really the only wide receiver option that you're going to want to own in this offense. Byron Pringle, he barely could get targets in Kansas City. Nikhil Harry, the former first-rounder from the Pats, he has not lived up to first-round status or even fifth-round status. So Harry, he's looking for some redemption here, but I'm not sure if it's really in the cards for him. Now, Mooney's ADP is 70. He's in that sixth to seventh round range. A good flex play, given that he is this team's number one option. Now, who is he competing with if you're looking to draft around that area? Amon Ross St. Brown, the standout rookie from Detroit last year, and Michael Thomas. They're both ahead of him. And then Thielen, Juju, and D-Hop are behind him. So you have to make the choice. Are you willing to maybe give up six games for D-Hop? hoping that he'll outperform Moody the last half of the year. Do you go Thielen and Juju, who are both the number two options in their offenses? Or do you look at Michael Thomas, who is the number one in New Orleans, not a great quarterback situation either. Same with Amon Ross St. Brown. I think you get the number one here with Mooney. I I think Fields and him are going to definitely link up a lot this year. I think it's a good flex play. You're not going to get a lot of touchdowns here. You'll get a few, but not a lot. And so I like Mooney from a safe perspective once again. And as I said, you're not looking at anyone else outside of those guys in this offense. Now, Cole Kmet, he's ADP 116. He's right behind Mike Gesicki. He's right ahead of Hunter Henry. I think Kmet's fine, but once again, I'm not sure how many touchdowns we're looking at here. I don't think the Bears are going to be scoring very much this year. So I think if you draft him, You have to draft another tight end that's in and around that area and play the matchups. We're talking about Kasicki, Henry, maybe even a Dawson Knox. You get Cole Komet a couple rounds after him. And then you ensure your tight end position is secure. And then you maybe play, depending on the matchups, one of those two guys. But Komet, I like him as a tight end. I just wish that he was in a bit of a better situation. You're not going to be drafting this defense. Don't bother with kicker, as I said. This isn't a team that's going to score a lot, so I'm not worried too much about the Chicago Bears. Now, the top priority for Chicago this year, and I think the expectation is that he's going to get better. He needs to get comfortable being a starting quarterback. And maybe the numbers won't look the best at the end of the year, but if he can look more comfortable in the pocket, he can figure it out. Like, treat this almost like it's a rookie year. Treat it as, okay, I'm going to make some mistakes. I'm going to throw some bad passes. But he's got the new coach, a coach that believes in him. That's what it sounds like coming out of training camp. If he can just improve, then I think that's a win for the Chicago Bears, who have not had a franchise quarterback for a very long time. They've kind of rotated starters over the years. The last closest one probably was Jay Cutler for this team. So I think that's their main priority. Defense, they're going to struggle. I think they're going to struggle a bit in the run game as well, given the fact that There's not a lot of weapons for 
uh, fields to go to, but that's my expectation for Chicago. I think they're going to struggle. They're going to have a top five pick next year. And we're going to be back here next year talking about, okay, Justin Fields, year three, let's see what he can do. And hopefully the GM will help him out with a few more weapons, but that caps off today's episode of the competitive hedge podcast here on August 6th. Uh, thank you everyone who tuned in and we will see you guys tomorrow for the competitive hedge podcast.